Well, hello, we are back once again. Welcome to the Too Clever Mafia podcast. I am your host, Too Clever Mafia, and we are going to, we're going to get right into it. Lady, lower that, uh, get rid of that intro there real quick. We're going to get right into this because I haven't done this in a while, and um, we just talked about the uh, the whole shopping cart theory, but um, we're going to, we're going to get into something that, uh, a phrase that I, I've kind of let go, but uh, we're going to talk about back in my day. Now, back in my day, uh, I remember, I, re- I guess this started probably in the in the 70s. We don't negotiate with terrorists in the United States of America. Now, yes, that's a broad brush, and we're painting all the situations, and obviously there's different circumstances, but this was a policy. It became a policy. I think it was a quote and then it became a policy ultimately. But this dates all the way back to 1973. I think it was like the spring of 1973. Uh, and those of you who probably weren't even born at that time, but there was, um, there was a Palestinian terror group, uh, Black September, had seized 10 hostages and two of them, Two of them uh, were, uh, you know, they were Americans, or, or they held an American passport, I believe, at the time. And in the embassy of Saudi Arabia in, in Sudan, all right, so as an impulse reaction to uh, questioning, uh, questions by presented by a journalist, then President Nixon uh, stated that the government will never give in to blackmail demands, right? Which sounds good at the time um so then after president nixon said this the two 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 the two american hostages were immediately killed and it was horrible and ultimately it was a result of of president nixon's message and not only was nixon's response when asked by the reporter remarkably impulsive it had also um been pretty much inconsistent with his own policies at the time. Because back in, in, in 72, the web, uh, I guess the fall or winter, like November, it was around the election time, in 72, uh, or the midterms, I guess, Nixon had authorized a negotiation with um, hijackers back then of the Southern Airway Flight 49. Again, unless you were around in 72, you might not remember any of this or know of it, uh, which ultimately led to a ransom that the U.S., and this was in 1972, uh, of $2 million, uh, equivalent today. I mean, imagine what that, I don't even know what that comes to. It'd probably be 20 or $200 million today, I don't know. And in addition, U.S. law enforcement regularly supported American citizens with ransom payments at that time. So if you, uh, if, if, if someone influential or, or not so influential was kidnapped, um, and there was a ransom. The U.S. really um, would work with the kidnappers and pay these ransoms or make these par- payments to the kidnappers and even including terrorists. So that statement kind of put the U.S. on a trajectory of not negotiating with terrorists. Uh, you know, once you kind of you stepped your foot into the bottle, you, you really, your, your shoe's already wet. 
there's no sense in pulling it out at this point, right? So, but this kind of created across the board understanding at the time that the U.S., no matter uh, what, would not negotiate with terrorists or, or kidnappers or whatnot. And, um, and from that point for about the next 10 to 15 years, I mean, there were some attempts and, and some hijacked flights and things of that nature. Uh, but ultimately, terrorism slowed down because they realized, hey, we're not going to get money anymore. Uh, this isn't really a profitable venture, which is really ultimately with a lot of these, these, these hijackers or terrorists or, 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 you know, that's what they're after. They're after the money part of it. And it, it slowed, it slowed tremendously. So recently in the news, the, the colonial pipeline, which was a private company, uh, was shut down during a cyber attack. They, they were attacked and then they, Ultimately, I think they shut down the entire pipeline on the northeast of the United States. It ran from, I don't know, Texas to New Jersey and all the states in between. And it distributes oil and it gets refined. I, I, I could be wrong on this, but I believe it gets refined in New Jersey. The oil comes from Texas, refined in New Jersey, and somehow goes back down the pipeline. And it's distributed to uh, the, the um, like the Carolinas, uh, in Georgia, and, and um, I believe Tennessee. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but anyway. That's the gist of it. And the, the media, uh, the, the pipeline was shut down and it was shut down to prevent also additional access to their computers that control all the flow of all this oil. So then the media, uh, you know, it gets out and, and this is a terrorist organization, which I'm not even going to give the name of it in a hacker group, which I think they're terrorists, they're cyber terrorism. That's what they, they've done. And they, they, all they wanted was money. They wanted to get a, 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 a big, a big cash in, you know, and, and they wanted this money. So now they ultimately succeeded. The pipeline has come back online this week. And, and I believe the rumor has it is they've, they've got $5 million, which comparing to 1972 and Nixon and, and the, the flight 49, Two million. I mean, you think it would be it's drops in a bucket. But the idea behind these hackers supposedly is they're trying to prove that there are insecurities and and they can infiltrate these these corporations and steal or or lock up their data and then they hold it at ransom. So they're they're kidnapping your your computer systems. They're kidnapping your data, and they were paid. And the U.S. government apparently knew what was going to go on and how they got paid. They got paid in Bitcoin from what the, the, the news stories are running, which I still not a hundred percent sure what cryptocurrency is. However, it, uh, they got paid in cryptocurrency and then they're able to disperse that to my grandson tells me millions of accounts and then they spread it all out in different amounts and then the money's gone. And, and that is the end of it. So the, I, what transpired from this was in several Eastern U.S. states, the U.S. government um, came out and to try to put a lid on this, said, hey, you know, don't worry about it. We're going to take care of it, even though it's a private company, but which is a private company handling one of our largest uh, uh, oil lines in the country is a whole different ballgame, a, a whole different podcast in itself. Uh, however, um, they came out and they, they told, you know, Hey, listen, it's not a gas, there's no gas shortage. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to get this bad boy back online and 
start getting the, the black gold pumped through uh, the lines and refined and then out to the gas. Now, prior to this, if you've been paying attention to the news at all, there's people, there's plenty of jobs out there and there's not enough workers that want to work or are eligible to work. And, and trucking is one of the areas effective. So there's not that enough truck drivers to distribute all of the, the things with all of this extra government money that everybody has to buy. So there's plenty of money. There's just not enough product to spend it on really is, is, you know, to sum it up. And the gas stations run out of fuel. Some, I, I think North Carolina was one last I checked was 70% or 75% of the gas stations in North Carolina had no gasoline. Now to me, this is a gasoline shortage. If I want gasoline and if the citizens, um, um, I don't know how to, to, to say it another way, actually, but the, the government was trying to say, Hey, it's not a gas shortage, but they, they changed the term to, I heard them say supply crunch being used a lot <laughs> instead of a, don't, don't, don't say it's a gas shortage, say it's a supply crunch, but doesn't anyone realize that all of this, these descriptions that the government seems to be using of later, they're just synonyms for the same end result, the same description you know when i was a kid i had a thesaurus and this was a book with synonyms and antonyms you know words that were similar and opposite of each other you know if you wanted a word similar to big it would be something like enormous gigantic what have you uh you know small mini you know things like that and i read that book and when i would uh you know was learning english and writing and and, and doing all that. And even in my older days, when I was writing books and whatnot, I look for a, a better way to describe something, you know, express a different type of detail. I would look for that better, you know, better sounding word in a synonym or antonym, right? And that is what seems to be the focus, not on what the issues are these days. If you listen to the, the speech and the president and the communication directors and all of that, and the news media, you know, and if, a, so if a gas station does not have gasoline and it cannot give gas to the people who want to buy it, uh, one would come to the conclusion that there's a shortage of gasoline to go around. You know, what does it matter if you call it a supply crunch or a gas shortage? And, you know, why is there a need to call it even a shortage in like just say, hey, listen, we, we don't have gas in the stations. The pumps are empty. People want to buy gas. Our country is, is, is in a situation now where we're opening up and, and children are trying to go back to school and the parents have to now go back to physical jobs and locations. And they can't do that if they don't have gasoline in their car or they don't know how they're going to go get home from work or they're going to how to pick up their children. So that's the issue. The issue is let's fix this problem with the pipeline. That should have been the issue from the beginning and get gasoline flowing again. Do what you have to do. Find out who, you know, where the vulnerabilities, don't ever let this happen again. And that's what should have been the focus. But there was more, it just seemed the government has been trying to use fancy words to mislead us, whether that's the case or not, you decide. And not address the problem head on. And just to buy time and just use synonyms and cause uh, arguing and, 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 you know, you know, arguing over if it's a gas shortage or a supply crunch, you know, fix the problem. A pipeline was hacked, you know, 
it, it severely can affect our way of life without fuel, without transportation, without you know getting food on shelves and having truck drivers. You, know, you need to fix the problem. It's not about classifying the problem, which I'm going to get into the so-called crisis, not crisis at the southern border after this quick break. I am your host, Two Clever Mafia. And once again, you are listening to the Two Clever Mafia podcast. And uh, if you like what we do, give us a follow on the podcast uh, of your choice that you're listening to. And feel free to check us out on social medias at twoclevermafia.com. That's T-O-O, Clever Mafia. And why not check out our website, www.twoclevermafia.com. And uh, we will be right back after this short break. 